Um, but I uh, want to give you a little opportunity just to hear about more specifically uh, the ministry and the work we're doing. And then um, I've asked a couple of our young people. I just saw Emma here. I could draft her too, but I won't. Uh, she's gone. She probably thought it read my mind. <laughs> no, um, just to give a very brief testimony of how God has used Camp Appenus in their lives. Uh, both of the young persons we're going to share this morning uh, have been both campers and also staff persons. So um, they're going to share for just a couple minutes, and uh, then I'll, I'll be here to just give you a capsule form of what our ministry is about, and then you can ask me any question you want to. If I can answer it, I will. <laughs> so let's start out. Caleb, go ahead, and then Bree. Okay, so um, today I would like to talk to you just about how camp has personally affected my life. Um, first as a camper, and then now more recently as a counselor. Um, for as long as I can remember, my parents, uh, well, made me go to camp, but uh, allowed me to go to camp, really is what I should say. Um, uh, actually, my, my first memory of camp was me as an eight-year-old uh, in horse camp one here at Camp Appanoose, actually. Um, and, uh, well, uh, for those of you who don't know, horse camp one is the horse camp for the youngest uh, age group that we have. Um, and it, it just teaches basic riding skills, um, along with teaching campers how to take care of horses and to have an appreciation for God's creation. Um, while I was at Horse Camp 1, I became acquainted with uh, the head of the horse program at the time. He's a pastor by the name of Jesse Hill. And, um, and so now camp always, always chooses their workers based on their spiritual walk. And Jesse was certainly a man of faith. Um, even during rides, he would constantly be giving lessons on our surroundings and, um, and, and like even on our games, he would use Bible verses and references that related to whatever we were doing that day. It was, it was actually pretty great. Um, every, year, every year after that, um, I, uh, every year after that, I was acquainted with um, each of my different counselors. Uh, every year that I was a camper anyways, uh, every year I had a different counselor and um, and, and each one had an impact on my life. Um, I can tell you a counselor by the name of Mick. Uh, he talked to me every day about forgiveness after I told him I was struggling to forgive my parents. Uh, every, every single day, like every single night before I went to bed, he'd be like, Caleb, let's talk about forgiveness. Let's see what the Bible has to say about it. Um, and that certainly still resonates with me today. Um, it still reminds me that forgiveness is important. And so, like, I know that a lot of you have probably been to camps, different camps, um, but I'd like to tell you that at Camp Appanus, we, we have, we're different in the way we approach things, especially in the way we handle the gospel, um, compared to other camps. We believe that every kid that comes to our camps should be presented with a clear gospel message and that they should be told the truth and the hope that we have in regards to Christ and what he has done for all of us. I can tell you that every year I went to camp as a camper, they made it a point to tell me the truth that I was loved and that I was chosen by God. I personally often struggled with uh, how I saw myself, um, especially in light of the other campers. I'd see where they came from in their home situations. I'd see what they had. I'd see this and that. But really, um, um, but the fact was that, but the fact that I was chosen by God was like mind-blowing to me. Like he chose me. Um, and so I remember my counselors always being there to make sure that I knew that God loves us all equally. And even though we are sinners, he still died for me just as much as he did for the next person, the next camper. And that gave me hope. 
And uh, actually, that uh, inspired me to be a counselor. Um, I figured that if I could show the campers the same hope and love that my counselors had shown me, then hopefully I would be able to reach the kids with the gospel and show them that they are loved by our perfect Father. So, uh, in the end of camp uh, season in 2016, I helped out, I uh, helped counsel for just the last two weeks. Um, I was in a stage of moving from one home to another. And uh, I moved in the middle of camp season, so <laughs> I got recruited as a counselor, which I had always wanted to do, so it was like a dream come true. But um, anyways, uh, and so then in uh, camp season of 2017, I was a counselor for five out of the six weeks of camp, which were not including the two weeks of training, one of which was done by your very own Daniel Moore and Jeremy Kidder. Um, the first week of training was a spiritual uh, was, was spiritual training, and it was a week of just continual Bible studies and lessons and delving deeper into the faith. Um, it's actually a leadership camp, leadership training camp that we call Turger. And um, each staff person is supposed to go through this week-long course in order to strengthen their spiritual walk before camp starts. And uh, if you go to Turger for three years, then you'll have a, a credit uh, completed and um, for college courses or high school courses or... Um, and so, uh, however, each year is a different topic, highlighting key doctrines and theologies. Um, so this was the first time I'd ever done Turger, and I must say it was an incredible experience. Um, I learned a ton, and I had people praying for me every day, and we prayed for the campers every day, and, and it was just awesome, um, awesome spiritual uh, training. And so after the two weeks of training were up, the next six weeks we uh, took in campers every single week. Uh, they came in Sunday, they left Saturday, the next day new campers came. So it was, it was, it was, um, it was definitely eye-opening, um, emotional, tiring, and difficult at times, but I'd still have to say it was one of the greatest experiences of my life. Um, and the reason I say this is because I think the difficulties that I faced this past summer in 2017 were God using and working through each of the campers to teach and help me mature in my walk with him. However, amidst the struggles, I was able to work with, talk with, pray for, and even help kids that were also struggling because I was able to show them that there was a God in heaven that loves them and that this earth is not our home. And because earth is not our home, then that means that we can place and secure our hope in heaven. I watched this good news of hope and forgiveness change lives all summer long. God blessed me and several of my other co-counselors with the opportunity to have him use us to share the gospel with our campers. We had several come to Christ and even had several rededicate their lives to Christ, and it was awesome. When you, when you talk to kids, they're, they're a lot more honest and open with them if you show them that you care about them before you try showing them that God cares about them. And the reason I say this is because if you show them that you care about them before you try to show them that God cares about them... Uh, then, then it, it means nothing, it, it doesn't, then your words don't really mean anything to them because you haven't established a relationship with them. Um, however, but if you uh, show them that you love them first, then you can continue to uh, love on them and then talk to them about God's love and explain that it's not your love, that it's actually God's love through you and that, um, and that, that you're only able to love because Christ loved you first. Um, because we cannot give what we have not yet first received, and we, can't, we cannot love without God loving first. And that was something that was instilled in me through camp, through years of counselors and, and Pat here, and even volunteers like cooks just talking to me and showing me the truth of the gospel. 
So because of my camp experiences, um, I was able to then give kids that are living in broken, sinful, and hopeless world a hope and a joy and a peace that doesn't come from anything other than Christ. Um, and so that's all I have to say about camp. Um, God bless you. Hello, my name is Brianna Carroll. I live about 10 minutes away from camp. Um, this will be my third year working as a counselor, and I'd just like to share with you all some of the ways that I've grown as a counselor and how God has used me to minister in kids' lives. Uh, camp has a special place in my heart. When I was a camper, uh, it was one of the places where I grew the most in my spiritual walk. I remember when I was 11 years old, I was challenged to grow in my faith and to read my Bible daily. I also remember really looking up to the counselors. I thought they were so cool, but even more than that, many of them were very honest with me and open and talking about ways that, things that God had taught them and asked me how God was, uh, what God was teaching me in my life. Uh, it seems like as I've counseled, or just throughout my Christian life, there have been themes each year, overarching themes, but specifically or consistently what has remained true as I've counseled is, first, one of the biggest things I've learned is the importance of dying to self. Now, I'm sure none of you struggle with this, but I certainly struggle with selfishness and often find myself saying over and over again, it's not about me, it's not about me, it's not about me, and it's not even about them. It's about reflecting Christ's image to these people that I'm trying to minister to, as it talks about at the end of 2 Corinthians 3. The second thing that I really learned is the importance of what we've been talking about this morning, faithfulness and perseverance. My first year, often, I would get discouraged because I didn't feel like I was making that much of an impact. But I realized that my job is not to bring in the results. My job is to be faithful and obedient to the God who will bring in the results in his perfect timing. The last thing I learned, which is very important, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. You see, we have kids that come from great churches, like from you all, and we have kids with great family lives. And I remember my first year, I had this group of girls who were predominantly Christians, and we were coming back from the showers, and we had this really cool conversation. Um, this one girl, I didn't even prompt the conversation, but she started talking about, we all started talking about like end times and how things would get hard for Christians. And she's like, you know, if it came down to it, I think I would die for God. And she was saying, like, I would give my life for Christ if it came to it. And then back at the cabin, we started talking about how the Bible is true, the Bible is trustworthy, and how we have science that backs up the Bible. We talked about dinosaurs, the fossil record. We went through all these things, which is really encouraging and edifying as believers to be able to talk about these kind of things. But we also have kids that come from literally no Christian background at all. I remember just my last year alone, um, I had kids that came from abused homes who had um, family members in jail, came from homosexual backgrounds, were struggling with atheism, and even adhered to different religions. There was one girl in one of the last weeks of camps who said, I've really been struggling with the idea of evolution versus Christianity, and I just don't know what to believe. Another said, what does it mean to fear God? What is this all about? Another, what is God like? What are his characteristics? And we have those answers in God's word and the gospel, which is so important. And I want to just thank your church for all that you guys have done for Camp Avenues, and I'm excited for what 2018 holds. Thanks.
Okay, I want to just quickly go over a couple things here, just a little bit of introductory uh, stuff. And I know you may have a number of questions, and, and I'll try to answer any of those uh, that you might have. Uh, very quickly, um, the mission of, of Appanoose Ministries, which is a corporation name, is to develop youth for productive living, giving hope and purpose through a growing relationship with Christ. Uh, if you're familiar with our, our previous uh, mission statement, it spoke of... Um, of the uh, need to introduce kids to Christ, that has not changed at all. Uh, we just simply are encompassing it in the fact that uh, we want to help young people have a sense of hope and purpose through a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And um, every now and then I get a call from someone that said, you work with kids who are at risk? And our standard answer is, um, all young people are at risk without Christ in their lives. All adults are at risk without Christ in their lives. I, I trust every one of us in this room believes that, and that's a great reason for the mission that we have in this world because we, need, we know the absolute necessity, not of just religion and coming to church and all those things, but the, the necessity that we all have a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I don't care who we are. Uh, that is our basic need, and that is a part of the mission. That's the foundation of the mission of Camp Appanus. Um We also are committed to youth development because we want to grow. As, as we each want to grow in our own lives, we want young people to grow as well. And uh, we believe that God made each of us unique. Hope and purpose come to us through that growing relationship with Christ. And um, appreciate uh, Bree and... and um, uh, and Caleb. By the way, I'll introduce the other two here. Mike is my son here in the center. And then this is, we call this K. Caleb over here too. And each of them could have shared things, some things too, and there are others, but we wanted to just make it uh, short and sweet, okay? And so, and the other Caleb. And the other Caleb, uh, believe it or not, is going to Moody Bible Institute another year, we think. It's our plan anyway. Graduate from high school this year, work a year, and hopefully be at Moody. And Bree is going to Faith Baptist Bible College up in Ankeny. And so we're real proud of both of them and, and the way the Lord's working their lives. But anyway, backing up. So what do we want kids to experience when they come to camp? Our, our message is the gospel and, and uh, all that surrounds it. Okay, but what, we, what kind of experience do we want them to have? Well, first of all, uh, I remember when we were first starting the camp, and we had some very specific things in mind. And uh, someone said to me, kind of funny, we were getting about ready to get camp started. We still had not come up with how we're going to house these kids here at camp. We had $5,000 left in our, in our bank account. And we were uh, very well aware we were probably going to spend it all, but $5,000 was not going to move very far in any kind of lodging. And uh, uh, so one of our board members found these big teepees, seven big teepees. And we figured we could house about 35 kids in those seven big teepees. So that's how we started out. Seven big teepees kind of became part of our logo and everything else fit the avenues, and we had an A-frame chapel, so A became really prominent in our logo. But anyway, a lot of fun. But what were some things we wanted? Well, first of all, we wanted kids, when they come to camp, to have a sense of belonging. There's a lot of kids in our culture today uh, who are even coming from homes where they don't have a great sense of belonging. Um, I, I don't say this to be uh, crude or anything, but I, I, I often share with uh, church groups that we have a lot of kids in our, in, our, in our culture today who are kind of leftovers from relationships that didn't work out. That's an unfortunate thing. I think if I remember the statistics, and I may not be completely accurate, 
but uh, nearly 80% of our African-American kids are born outside of marriage. Uh, nearly uh, 60%, I believe, of our Hispanic kids and nearly 40% of our uh, Caucasian kids are born uh, outside of marriage today. The statistics are kind of daunting when you think about it. And so that's the culture we work in. And I remember a youth pastor telling me one time, you know, Pat, he said, we have to work in the world as it is, not the world we wish it was, okay? And so uh, we have to realize that um, we, we, were, we started out with the, the, the very strong thought that we want kids to be uh, in small groups when they come to camp, not in big dormitories. Nothing against that. You know, God has other ministries and other camps that do a wonderful job, and we are, are not at all in competition. We have a lot of little jokes that go along around in the Christian camping community that we're all competing for staff and we're all competing for campers and so on. But we are. It's a friendly competition because we want to see the Lord's work go forward. That's our goal. And... Um, Anyway, but in our camp, that has been what we felt God would have us to do. And that's why we bring younger people in who are college age, usually older teens, and we help them to become mentors and to develop that group of acceptance and belonging with kids who come to camp. Secondly, we feel camp in in, in our context needs to be an experience of participation, okay? Now, we have a lot of fun at camp, and last year, just for fun, I sat down and thought, what would we do? What would we do if someone gave us a million dollars and they said, just spend it making camp lots more fun? And I thought, oh, that'd be fun. That'd be fun to spend. <laughs> now, I don't think that's, I don't see that on the horizon, okay? So don't get your hopes up. But, <laughs> but anyway, I sit down and thought about all the things that we could do that make camp a lot more fun. Now, we have a lot of fun as it is, but you'd always like to do more, you know? And, but um, along with having a lot of fun at camp, we want the kids to be participants. We feel that American kids are entertained a lot. And a lot of that entertainment is a passive thing. And that they are spectators. And we want them to be participants. Now, we don't all participate in the same way. I always think of the girl who came to horse camp. These guys have heard this before. So just, just bear with me for a moment. She came to horse camp. She loved horses. And she wanted to uh, be involved in every way. But I just don't like to ride horses. So all, long, all week long, we tried to get on her horse, and finally Thursday, she took her obligatory horse ride, okay? Came back in tears, and she said, you know, I love horses. I just don't really like riding them. And that was just a great reminder for me. You know, we don't all participate in the same ways, and we shouldn't force square pegs into round holes, you know? Um, but we want kids to be involved when they come to camp, and part of that is being part of a small group that, uh, that does allow their involvement and um, the, uh, the third thing, we want them to be challenged at camp. And, you know, we read in Luke 2.52 that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. He grew intellectually, he grew physically, he grew socially and spiritually. And uh, I, I don't understand that totally with Jesus, you know. I think how the God-man came and, and was born in this world as a human being. He was still God in the flesh. I mean, there's, a, there's one of the great mysteries of theology, okay? And... Um, um, but, but what a great model for us. We want kids, when they come to camp, we want them to learn some things. We, we have actually Bree and, and K. Caleb. This is K. Caleb. The other Caleb is C. Caleb, okay? He spells it with a C. Caleb here spells it with a K. So anyway, uh, but Bree and K. Caleb's mom is a graduate of the Institute in Creation Research, and we call her our camp um, 
rather naturalist or camp creationist. And she brings in science lessons into all of our camp programs. Just about every program we do, she brings in some kind of a science lesson. Uh, just uh, this l- couple weeks ago, Kay Caleb and my son Mike and, and, and Caleb's mom uh, went through a, what's called Creek Freaks uh, over in Cedar Rapids. They went to a special uh, environmental training assist- uh, a program that hopefully will give them some great ideas to uh, bring to kids at camp as well. But anyway, uh, we want kids to learn things, and especially we, of all places. Camp offers so many opportunities to learn, and so we want them to learn things. And, and we have a lot more we'd like to do in the future, too, along that line. Um, but we, we also like to challenge physically, you know. It's great. I remember we had a boy who came to camp one year, and he couldn't walk from the teepees at that time to th- where we had chapel and our, our meals. He'd have to sit down and rest. You know, that's an unfortunate thing. We see a lot in our culture anymore, um, kids who are not very well fit. But we want to challenge them at camp uh, with the joy of being, you know, physically all that God made us to be. And so we, we do challenge them. And some of you know we're also licensed outfitters in Colorado with the U.S. Forest Service. Um, we renew every year what's called a temporary outfitter's license. And uh, we take kids out there on a really challenging trip. Your own Renee is pretty involved in that and a few other people here from the church. And um, we, we, we are physically challenged out there. I love that part of our summer. That's June and July on grounds. August, we go to Colorado. Um, but anyway, the physical challenge and then the social challenges. And almost every year, one of these guys who's counseling here, well, I should say almost every week, uh, comes to me and there's some social problem going on in their small group. And we talk about how to deal with that and how to deal with it in such a way that it's a growing experience, okay? A growing, a time of growth. I had a young kid who uh, had some challenges in that area um, and I got acquainted with him. Just stopped by as a truck driver now stopped by and told me how much uh, camp meant to him. And he's like, came right by our camp this week. And, and uh, that growth socially. And then the foundation of it all and, and what we uh, are, are so much committed to is the areas of spiritual growth. And one of our goals with kids is always to get them uh, into God's Word. When I first started in camp, I, I kind of started out with a desire to be a missionary or pastor, not really thinking camp. I'd never gone to camp growing up. And um, the first camp experience I had, believe it or not, was um, I developed a couple Bible studies up on the east side of Des Moines for young people. And I was just doing that. I mean, it wasn't anything. Just I was working through the daytime, going to school, and then doing that. And a youth pastor friend of mine said, why don't you consider taking those groups of kids out backpacking in the mountains? Well, I had hardly been to the mountains, and I didn't really know much about it, and nothing about backpacking. And I finally did it and went with... uh, a group that helped us, kind of outfitted us, and, and get, gave us some guidance. And um, that first night there in the tent with a splitting headache, you know, from the altitude and having hiked into base camp about eight, nine, eight, nine miles, um, I laid there in my tent and I said, Lord, just get us out of this alive. I'll never do it again, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and that was more than 30 years ago. That was 40-some years ago. So anyway, uh, we didn't, didn't, I didn't keep my word, I guess. But... <laughs> But anyway, one of the things that uh, we, we kind of discovered way back then was the value of getting kids into the Bible, okay? Now, you and I know as Christians that we have to have the Holy Spirit's enlightenment of the Word of God for it to really take root in our hearts. But at the same time, the Bible is given to us, in our, at least our English translations, in language that is readable, 
and uh, understandable to some extent, even for the non-Christian. And so we realized how God uses his word. And we, we developed a little Bible study system called Bible Study Through Group Interaction. BSTGI, isn't that an easy one to remember and pronounce and everything else? I finally uh, condensed it down to the little sheet that we use, an explorer sheet. And we're not actually using those right now. But the basic idea was there to help kids to look at the Bible and see the words, the nouns, and the verbs, and see what the Bible is actually saying, summarize it, okay? That's kind of verbal, plenary inspiration, the overall as well as the specifics. And then to take that and apply it to our lives or to interact with other scriptures, okay? And to approach the Bible in that way. So we, we started out with the Bible study through group interaction. And initially we did that even on, on grounds programs. Now we write, we call it logbook. I write a little Bible study program to help the kids interact with the Bible. And, um, and each of our staff uh, studies it. This year, last year was about Peter. Uh, we picked up a number of, uh, just a series of different passages uh, regarding, are coming from the uh, life of Peter in the Gospels last year. This year, uh, it's backstage. We're actually looking at the story of Job, but at the armor of God in Ephesians 6. And so we, we follow the storyline, and then we try to get kids to interact with the Bible. So anyway, that's, um, that's uh, the matter of growth challenge in the spiritual area. And there are a lot of other things we do, but those are um, some areas specifically that are, are challenges. Um, There were some questions asked about our plans for the future. What direction are we going as a ministry? Some of you are aware that we changed our corporation name uh, this last year. It's not all legally done yet, but we're working on it. From Camp Appenus Incorporated to Appenus Ministries Incorporated, simply because we sense that God is is eventually leading us to some growth in different areas, and we wanted to be uh, have a corporation name that didn't just speak of camp, so that it was uh, always misunderstood. For the most part, we are, uh, our ministry is Camp Appetus. That's really what we are. But uh, what are our goals? Well, one of our goals by 2020, we want to see uh, our capacity increased. We want to see our campership increased. And just um, this last year, one of our uh, supporters gave us a major gift to help us to work with an advertising firm to, to uh, sharpen up our uh, message and our ability to get the word out and we want very much to uh, just get the word out in a, in a bigger way uh, to young people who, and parents who um, uh, could benefit by the camp programs. And, and um, one of our uh, objectives when we first started the camp was to build a good camp program, even if you weren't a Christian, that you'd enjoy coming here and you had an opportunity to hear the truth, okay? And so we've continued to work toward doing that and, and hope to do a lot more uh, in, the, in the future. We also need to work toward a broadened funding base. And, and um, uh, we have so much over the years been blessed by the, just the people God's raised up. But um, we've also realized that there are other persons who could be interested in our ministry. We'd like to get the word out on that level as well because obviously it takes uh, funding to operate. We, we uh, figure our camp fees usually pay somewhere between a fourth and a third of what it actually costs us to operate. And so the rest of it has to be raised, okay? Um, quality camp programs cost to operate. And, um, and we are an independent ministry, so there's not a funding source behind us that helps to defray that. And so God provides uh, supporters. And then uh, also, uh, uh, Alex mentioned that I've been there 30 years. That's hard to believe. I must have come there when I was awful young. But, <laughs> but anyway, uh, of course, we're working toward 
the succession in this ministry. And I'm not really looking at retiring or anything. That's not the point. But we want to move ahead so that we are ready as, as the ministry moves on to be here many years from now if the Lord uh, doesn't return. And so um, there are things that we're doing right now to prepare for that and work uh, toward that goal. Uh, those are the goals that we have by 2020. A few years ago, we had a, um, we call it Vision 2020, uh, kind of a planning thing with different board members and other people that we felt were good consultants and so on. And following 2020, what are the things we'd like to see the camp do? Well, one, uh, we are looking at the possibility of entering into another capital campaign in which we will um, raise money to do several things, but the primary part of that will be uh, to build all-season lodging. Um, you know, I, every now and then people want to know about retreats in the wintertime. That's, well, it's covered wagons are kind of cold in the winter. We do have a couple of all-season bunkhouses, but not really all that we'd like to have. And so we have some really neat plans that we think uh, if God would uh, open the doors and, and cause it to happen, we'll probably look for a couple major um, uh, matching grants and we'll begin to work uh, toward uh, increased lodging all-season lodging, and something that would be attractive. One of the struggles we have in southern Iowa is that we are too far south to really enjoy all the uh, snow and ice activities that the northern Iowa camps enjoy. Sometimes we have them, sometimes we don't. We're too far north to really enjoy a nice sunny day outside very often in the wintertime. <laughs> so we've recognized that the next phase of our development needs to be such that uh, we have more that's a draw to our our location, especially in the off-season. And then the second thing is um, uh, three-trimester scheduling. We've already worked to do this at the camp um, to move our how we organize our ministry into a January, April, and May, August, and September, December uh, framework. And the reason for that, several things. Um, while we have had many opportunities to reach out to non-Christian kids, we also have the core of our constituency who are uh, churches like Martinsdale. Uh, One of the blessings for us has been, in the years that we've been down there, there are half a dozen churches in our area within, let's say, 25 miles of the camp that were uh, in very liberal denominations. And they begin to send kids to our camps. And they begin to, some of them begin to desire uh, more more biblically based. uh, And over those years, at least five of those churches have now left the um, associations that they were in, which were very liberal denominations, and um, are all independents out there. Uh, They don't together have a lot of kids. Most of them don't have um, large youth programs. I'd say none of them have large youth programs. And um, so we have those churches to minister to. We certainly want to be an encouragement to them. Um, But we also uh, have within our constituency... A lot of our families at homeschool, a lot of our families that would like to have uh, their kids uh, connect uh, more educationally. And so we are trying to redesign some of our programs, summer camp programs, perhaps over a couple of years to be uh, a legitimate high school credit. And um, there's a process involved in that. We're not there altogether. Our Turger program that uh, Jeremy and Daniel have been so well teaching uh, will be one of those, and it'll be a a Bible or a Bible philosophy credit that we would like to put together over three years. So if they tend, they can actually uh, get a uh, credit. That won't really mean anything unless it's recognized by a school. So I don't want to 
overstated. It's just that we're trying to prepare in that direction to be of greater help to our families. And then the other thing is that we have for some time uh, contemplated the possibility of starting a, an actual academy program in those other two trimesters. Now, it's not that that's all we would do. We would still have the camp programs. For instance, next weekend, we have a program for deck kids. It's a kind of a uh, public uh, coalition of agencies, including some Christian groups like ours, who reach out to kids who are drug-endangered, kids who've come up in homes where there are substance abuse problems, and it's the... um, kind of the uh, society's effort to try to find some ways to support those kids. They welcome us as Christians. They've not restricted what we teach or say, and so we try to give them that opportunity to uh, hear the gospel and to uh, just have a great positive experience at camp. So anyway, we'll continue doing those things because that's a part of our mission, but also the possibility that we would develop an academy program for kids who, who need that in various ways. I uh, I think of a good example of that being a mother who um, called me from, she's within 10 miles of your church building here, and she called me a few years ago, and I think she had five children, and she was a believer, and was homeschooling her children. Her husband left her, left her in a really bad spot. She lived in a rural uh, neighborhood out here, and uh, she was just desperate for help. And I, I thought then, I thought, you know, all that we could reach out to her and help her with these kids. So anyway, we're, we're looking for ways that God will use us uh, year-round in terms of ministering to kids. People say, do you rent out? Of course we do. Uh, we rent out if it's financially helpful to uh, the camp. I don't mean to be mercenary about it, but it is helpful sometimes. Uh, we also will rent out as long as the groups that rent, we have a policy statement on this, are not in violation of things we believe. Now, would a p- public school group be in violation? Yeah, they're, they're, there's kind of a fine line there sometimes. Um, obviously we don't promote evolution, but we do work with the schools and other agencies and churches and, um, and where we can rent out or, or have uh, a place in the community, we try to do that. So anyway, in a very quick nutshell, that's what we're about. And uh, I want to give you some time to ask questions. So uh, you can ask me anything you want to ask and I'll do my best to, to answer it there. We've covered it all. <laughs> Here's a question. I'm assuming uh, that you have uh, opportunities where you could use um, physical service through maintenance or building projects or anything like that. How, how do you let those be known? Okay. Um, we, we try to send out a monthly newsletter. We don't get it every month, but we're still working toward that goal. And on that, and by the way, I forgot to bring a sign-up sheet, but uh, Caleb or one of our guys will have a sign-up sheet back at the table back there, and we'll keep you posted when there are, are, are opportunities. Um, a lot of our work, the physical work, is done by volunteers. Huge help. And of course, we are so thankful for the youth group that comes down from Martinsdale for I don't know how many years now, and does projects. And this year we're going to continue to, I believe, to uh, upgrade and enhance our paintball area and maybe a few other things. And Daniel and I will have to talk about that. Uh, we have someone who donated a truck box to us. We wanted to have a covered bridge across the creek. And uh, we kind of resisted the idea of the truck box because we wanted it to look more like a covered bridge. But we found a really really shabby one. <laughs> we can just get it down there, and we figured out a way to make it look a little more like a covered bridge. 
that'll be a fun project. And I don't know if we'll have it down in time for the group, but uh, that'll be a volunteer project. There are lots of volunteer projects. And then, on the other hand, there are always, there's always a need for volunteers in the kitchen. All of our, uh, Bev uh, heads, heads up our kitchen right here, and uh, she, she can certainly take your name. She probably knows you already. But, <laughs> but uh, always a need for volunteers in the kitchen. Um, we have two mowers that start, will start in, in probably at the end of this month and hardly stop until October sometime. And um, uh, Larry's come down and helped with mowing. I don't see him somewhere here. Um, but uh, and others have come down and helped in those areas. Um, sometimes at the last minute, if we get more kids and we have counselors, I call a couple of our churches and maybe there's someone who can get off work for a week and come down and counsel. And so we always appreciate that. Uh, and then we have some real needs to get the word out better about camp. And sometimes volunteers can be very helpful in that. We can work with you or we can turn you loose and let you spread the, spread the word. Okay, thanks. Anyone else? Dennis? <laughs> really have a question, but it could be. Uh, I just appreciate you, Pat. Over the years, I haven't been able to be involved with Camp Appanoose. We advertised it when I was at Christian Radio a lot. But just your heart to reach out to kids. And uh, I know you've been a foster dad for years. And um, so I just wanted to thank you for reaching out to kids and caring for kids. Uh, because there's a lot of kids out there, like you said, that come from broken homes and uh, just keep up the good work. And I know that uh, there's a lot of kids that go to your camp mm -hmm. that wouldn't be able to go to other camps. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to thank you for all, from all of us here that, that uh, you have a, quite a ministry and you've had it for a long time. So keep up the good work. Thanks, Dennis. Appreciate that. And you know, whatever we do in Christian work, and I see this to be so true in my own life, we are supported by so many people who pray for us, uh, who help us in different ways and um, you know I realize increasingly as I get older that the work of Christ that goes on here is an expression of the body of Christ and um, the people who are out front are backed up by lots of people who make it possible and certainly many of you have been there and many others around the state of Iowa and other places as well thanks any other questions thoughts you have <laughs> yes I got uh, here a little bit late, so I apologize if you already kind of talked about this, but I was wondering, um, like, for the kind of theme or, like, uh, messages that you teach and mm -hmm. the programming throughout the week of camp, mm -hmm. is that, um, like, rotated on, like, a three- or five-year basis, or is it different every single year? And then also from, like, one week to the next during a summer, mm -hmm. is it the same for every week, or is it, like, different for different age groups? Uh, that's a good question, and one we continue to grapple with a little bit. I've, done, I've written the Bible lessons all the 30 years we've been there. So, um, uh, and I, I, one of my goals in seeing a succession plan is that we would get some other persons, maybe a, maybe a seminary student, who would have a long-term vision for the camp and calling there and would gradually take over that writing. I mean, there's always be plenty of Bible lessons to write, and I will continue to do it. But um, my own... I believe, uh, first of all, we, we want the gospel to be made clear. And we try in three different ways every week 
to make the gospel clear, sometimes through a skit, sometimes uh, always through the logbook. Uh, certainly in our Bible talk times is what we call chapel at night is also a time we want the gospel to be made clear. I'd say a minimum of three. There may be many more than that. We also train our staff to share the gospel. So uh, we do that. Secondly, another thing that I believed very firmly from early on in my Christian ministry was the uh, foundational nature of Genesis. The creation, the fall, the flood, the division of the nations. Really, sociology, history, science, our origins, uh, the condition of man, uh, the gospel rests on those foundations. And so every few years, one way or another, we really incorporate that into our, our themes. Either one year, for instance, we, uh, what was our theme with the flood? Um, I've, uh, don't miss the boat. Okay, great. <laughs> I'm glad some of you remember here. <laughs> don't miss the boat, Okay. <laughs> And obviously, it was a fun theme to work with. I don't know if any of you remember the, um, oh, it didn't look at all like the ark, but it was a half a fuel tank or something. They'd made to look like an ark down here by New Virginia uh, a few years ago. I don't know where that ended up, but um, we borrowed it for the summer and set it out on the campground. <laughs> don't miss the boat. And then we had, uh, you know, early on, one of our first years, we, we had a theme under the big blue sky at Camp Avenue, so we were going to focus on the creation, the fall, the flood, Okay. Well, that was 1993. How many of you remember that year? <laughs> and it rained all summer. <laughs> and so we had a lot of fun with the flood. <laughs> but I don't know if that was a story in the Bible. But, <laughs> but anyway, um, no. Uh, so the next year we thought, well, how, what, what do we do? So we said, under the big blue sky again at Camp Avenue's, Something like, um, since we didn't have any blue sky last year, we thought we'd try again or something, something like that. And the next year we focused more on light and darkness and especially the Gospel of John, the Epistle uh, of John, and uh, light and darkness in the Bible. So anyway, th- that was our focus. But, uh, but I, I try to, in my perspective, try to return to the, the four um, foundational events continually because they undergird what we teach. Now, um, one, of the, one of the problems, though, that comes every year, I usually write two Bible programs, but we use them at two different points in our program in the summer. And uh, one of the problems with that comes, what do we do with kids who come multiple weeks? Because we have that happen. And so that's something we will begin to address more as we grow and move forward. We're also wanting to divide that Bible material and write one more to the secondary level, one more to the primary level or the elementary level. Um, but right now, if we would have kids who come multiple weeks, we usually put them into one group and give them a different logbook because we have lots of others, <laughs> and they, they go through a different Bible program. Plus, our speakers are different every week, so uh, they don't necessarily follow the exact theme, so it is a little different. Good question, and one we continue to grapple with and will in the future. Any other questions? Yes, Alex. So you mentioned the age qualification for counselors being uh, late teens, college age. What other qualifications do you have, just in case people here know somebody okay. in that age range that thinks they could get involved? We are probably somewhere between half and two-thirds of staff for the summer. And the good news, you know, the glass is half full, <laughs> two-thirds full. The bad news is it still has a ways to go, okay? So we are looking for staff. 
And uh, uh, first of all, we want persons who have a personal relationship with Christ and a walk with him. That's number one. It's really not important. I tell staff, sometimes I'll have staff kids come and say, well, I'm not a, I'm not a great swimmer or I'm not a, I'm not a horse person. I'm scared of horses. And I said, well, you know, that's really not the bottom line. We always have horse people. We always have water people. We always have people who have other qualifications. We can bring in volunteers in some of those areas. But the number one thing we need is young people who have a vital relationship with Christ. And so, of course, yes, we love to have lifeguards. Bree's a lifeguard. Caleb's, both Caleb's are lifeguards. Michael will probably be one someday, too. And so um, uh, we're always happy for that. Emma is a lifeguard. Um, but uh, the number one is simply that they will walk with Christ. Uh, we do a background check. We do uh, expect references from church, their church, uh, maybe a couple others. But that's, that's it, basically. There's an application process. If you know of someone who would have an interest, possibly, uh, please get an application packet today. I probably have a dozen or so of them back there. And we would love to visit with them. I'll make it a point to meet with them, or one of our staff will. Um, We very much, and we want it to be a growing experience. When they work at camp, I mean, they may not make as much as they make some places, but we try to, we're we're kind of in the middle as camps go. We're we're not uh, by any means the highest paid camp, but neither are we anywhere near the lowest. And so we try to make it a positive thing in that way. They shouldn't come to camp because they want to make money. That's not, that's not the place to make a lot of money, okay? But, but we, we feel that we, as, as much as we can, we try to be generous and hope, hopefully be more so in the future. And then the other thing that some of our young people do is they go out and we help to equip them to do this. And they can raise private funds through their church, family, friends, whatever, and that's fine. Uh, it can be given through the camp, but in that case, we have to do withholding by law, uh, or it can be given directly to them, in which we, case we don't have any responsibility as a ministry. But some of our kids have done very well by taking their camp pay and then also their church or family supporting them as well. So just something to think about. Any other questions? Any other questions? What time are we over? 11.30? <clears throat> okay. Great. Well, I'll stick around. So if you have any questions, I'll be happy to answer them uh, on, uh, in the back there as well. Thanks so much. It's been so good to be here. We've looked forward to this Sunday, and, and what a joy it's been to be part of your fellowship here. Alex. Uh, just a reminder, if you have kids in Sunday school, leave them there until 1130. Um, thank you. So we'll close in prayer, and then uh, you're dismissed. Lord, thank you for the grace that you've given to us through the ministry of Camp Apennus, and thank you for the work that they're doing. Um, We pray that you would um, continue to bless their ministry, that you would draw many children to you uh, through their ministries, and that you would stir up hearts here and um, in other churches uh, to help out where we can. I pray that you would get the glory in all of it. In Jesus' name, amen.